This is uh, the Jet Set Breakfast and uh, we were asking, I'm sure you've made it out and if you haven't, hopefully you've got the right answer. We asked Guess the Destination and uh, Prince Albert in the Karoo. Well, there you have it. Um, we spilled the beans. Hopefully you got it. But yeah, you never know. You never stop learning. So make sure next uh, next week you also listen out for our uh, clue when we say uh, guess the destination where you can, you know, you can Google. It's all allowed. It's all allowed. Coming up next, we do have Nico Smith, the petrol head. We are talking everything motoring. And uh, Nico, good morning. Good morning, Bertha. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Right. So let's <laughs> let, let's talk about cars. This week, what have you got for me? So the first thing um, I w- was thinking about is cleaning a car. I don't know how clean is your car currently. If you think about it, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> well, I'm a big fan of a clean car. I have to say, and it's interesting when I you know speak to the guys that work at dealerships and they say sometimes when they're trading cars, they are just horrific. And sometimes when they're trading cars, the cars are really clean. Um, so let's talk about cleaning the car and, and what works. I think you'll be talking about what works for me. <coughs> oh, sorry, I've got a froggy in my throat, it seems. Sorry, sorry about that. So um, the first thing is when you're washing the car, um, try and stay away or stay away actually from home liquids like sunlight. So, you know, whatever dishwasher shop, let's call it like that. If mm-hmm. you want to wash the car, that's probably the worst thing to wash. It's not great for the paint. So if you want to wash your car, it is ideal to buy some sort of soap that's actually made for cars um, because those things are specifically made to make sure that the car itself, um, the paintwork is protected and not damaged or destroyed. Um, you know, sometimes when the car is standing outside, for instance, if it's especially under trees, um, birds can make a big mess on that with their droppings. And that actually can um, you know, damage the paintwork over a long time. So if your car is standing under a tree and there are birds, um, I normally suggest that you try and clean that off as quick as you can. A soft brush um, works, not a hard brush, but a soft brush is something that, that helps clean, uh, to clean that off. Uh, if I've driven long distance, especially if I've driven long distance, you know there's lots of bugs and things, again, that stick to the front of the car. So normally the same thing applies there. I have a very soft brush that I use, or even a, um, some of the, you get um, uh, sponges that has a, sort of a, almost like a little bit of a mesh on there. And that works quite well, uh, but be careful of, of a harder type um, sponge. And again, something that you clean the dishes with, some of, them, some of those sponges can be quite rough, and that can actually damage uh, the paintwork of the car. Um, when it comes to cleaning the tires, um, I, I, I like clean tires, but I'm also careful sometimes people put something like a silicone on there, um, and that can actually attract the dust. So it looks okay when you drive away from sometimes some car washes put that on. You drive away, and that attracts the dust after a while, or if you're driving on a gravel road. So that can be uh, an issue. The mags themselves, I like to clean that as well. I have a separate brush or a separate cloth for the mags because the brake dust, that, um, that's normally quite, you know, quite black. Uh, and if you're using that, that, that rag really gets filthy quite quickly. And I don't want to wash the rest of the car with that. So normally I have a, a little brush that actually, again, just for, for that. A microfiber cloth, if you can afford those, they're actually not that expensive. And you get them in lots of shops. That's an ideal thing to wash the car with. I still have the good old chamois. A lot of um, um, people use chamois. I don't know if you know what a chamois is. It's yes, like a, yes. a leather cloth. That actually works quite well. Um, 
So I, I like to use a chamois, especially to dry off the cob. But, you know, the, the, the nude, um, those type of cloths work quite well, those uh, microfiber cloths. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the in, yeah, sorry, go for it. Now, I wanted to find out, because normally, Pierre, you know, you, you always recommend it. Please wash, almost water down your car to get rid of the dust first mm. before you shampoo your car. Yes, I, I normally say so when I wash it, I, 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 that's the first thing I do is spray off most of the, the, the dirt. And, uh, and then when I wash it as well, I like to use warmer water. So if I'm at home and I'm washing it at home, I like to use a bucket with warmer water. And that, of course, again, helps to get everything off. I also try and wash the car in the shade. That's ideal. If you have a, a, some sort of shade to wash the car with, um, because the sun is quite harsh. And if you're washing it in midday, dries out the soap, and, and it, it almost becomes a bit more difficult. So I prefer washing it, if I can, in the shade. Again, these are ideal situations. You know, it's not always possible. Um, the inside itself, um, if I'm washing at home and I have an extension, I try and use the... Um, uh, the vacuum cleaner, because the, the home vacuum cleaner is quite strong, so that helps quite well to, to get all the things out and I move the seats forwards and backwards and, you know, move in all the little compartments. Make sure that you've taken everything out so you're not vacuuming up all your small change or, you know, anything else that's small in the car. Um, and the carpets, I think, to brush those. And if your car is a little bit older, um, then in your air vents, um, you start sometimes getting dust in the air vents. Um, what works there quite well is um, an earbud, you know, those things that you, can, um, that you get at a, uh, at a pharmacy or wherever to, to clean your ears with. Yep. Um, that works quite well. Or sometimes I have a small little uh, soft brush um, and then a spray bottle, and I just spray a little bit of very fine mist in there or even a little bit on the brush itself, and then I brush the inside. That works quite well. Um, and then um, sometimes the cars um, start smelling a little bit fresh inside after the cars are a little bit older. So what you can do is, um, the, um, you know, the laundry detergent normally has something like stay-soft that you add that smells quite nice. So you can yeah. leave one of those things in the car or coffee beans. If you buy a little um, something with coffee beans inside the car, the car standing for a while, that actually helps to, to clean up the, the, or helps a little bit with the smell inside the car. Because mm. if you like the smell of coffee, it, it actually has a nice fresh coffee smell to it. Um, and then last little tip, sometimes, especially if you have kids in the car, at the back it gets quite... So um, washing the, even things like the seatbelt, you can pull out the seatbelt all the way until it clicks and then take a, a warm cloth and wipe the seatbelt down and then just wait a while. I wouldn't retract it again. And then the cup holders, if they get dirty, what you do is you take um, a, 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 a cup that doesn't have, uh, that'll fit in there and then you take some sort of cloth and you just wet the cloth and put it over the cups. In other words, you're putting the cloth inside, then you turn that cup and it helps to clean that out a little bit. So those are the basic things I do. Um, I also, lastly, sorry, um, the, the, the glass itself works nice with old newspapers. So I still prefer that trick of washing it, and newspaper works quite well. But a microfiber cloth will also, I guess, do a similar job in cleaning the windscreen and the side windows. Yeah. Just to divert a little bit, I've got a question from Sasa yes. Johannesburg. And Sasa says, what is the lifespan of a car? Do they differ? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, my feeling is always, uh, if you look after the car, you actually can extend the life of the car. Um, so when you're getting, you know, let's imagine you have a brand new car um, and you're the only owner. And if you look after that car, it will last you a long time. But things, certain things will simply just have to be replaced. So the tires have a certain life. But if you drive the car more relaxed and you don't accelerate hard and race around the corners, you can extend the life of the tires. 
Uh, if you service your call all the time, that makes a big difference in how long the call will last because uh, oil has a certain life and oil eventually gets corrupted and oil is a lubricant in the car. So if you don't replace the oil often, then there's going to be more wear and tear in the engine. Ah. The rubbers of the car need to work. So if the car is standing still for a long time, it's not actually great for the car. Uh, it's almost like your body. If you don't exercise it all the time, you know, you're not as fit um, as you can be if you're just sitting around at home and not walking anywhere, not moving. For a car, things like rubbers tend to get harder. Things that don't move don't get lubricated. So you need to drive your car often. So um, mechanical sympathy is also something I really quite like. Mechanical sympathy simply means that if you drive the car, don't drive it hard when it's cold. So don't get in the car and just drive it hard. And if you've driven it a bit harder, if you want to go a bit faster, wait till the car is warmed up and all the, the oil is warm, the engine is warm, uh, and then you can drive it harder because actually the wear and tear isn't that much. But then if you're getting home, the last two Ks drive the car slower, slow the car down so that as you're driving, the car can cool down. Yeah. So my feeling is if you look after the car, if you service it regularly, things, certain things will go eventually if you have a manual car, maybe at 200,000 Ks, the clutch will go if you don't ride the clutch all the time. So it's difficult to say what the life of a car is, but you have a big influence on that as a driver mm-hmm. or owner. I've got another question here. It says, hi, Bertha. I'd like to ask your guest, um, is it good to buy a second-hand car with installment or paid off? I'm asking because we're earning enough to buy it cash. Yo, um, th- that's a difficult one, to be honest, because I don't know the rest of your financial situation. So it depends on, on, on what you want to do with uh, the money um, and, and how you want to spend it, of course. The thing with installments is you have a certain interest rate at the bank. So if you buy a car and it costs you 100,000 rands, the bank is going to charge a certain amount of interest. And if you have a long uh, term of payment that you're paying the car, you're not really paying 100,000 rands. You might be paying 140,000 rands over that term. So you are actually paying more for the car because the bank is charging you interest. So um, if you are in a situation where um, you have the cash um, and you can pay off the car, um, and you have enough money, then it's not a bad idea because you're only paying that amount for the car. You're not paying an installment. There could be benefits somewhere else where you could use the cash for something else or save the money and keep it there for a rainy day, uh, but then you have the installments every month. So you have to make that decision, but of course, um, the bank is always going to charge more. And the same applies for, and I, I say this a lot, I am not a big fan of any type of balloon payment um, and because those things tend to get a lot of people into trouble because you're paying less now, but you've always got to pay that amount of money. So all a balloon is, is just saying, I'm going to pay this amount later. So you're leaving the pain for later. And then when you get there, um, I see this a lot when I do training, and they, they say, listen, the, the customer, this guy's got a car that he's traded in, uh, and the car's only worth 200,000 rands, but he still somehow owns, owes the bank 400,000 rands. Sometimes crazy things happen because um, people have already said, listen, I can't pay this. So that money that's left gets onto the next deal. And it's sort of a, a something that snowballs. So you've really got to be careful on how you finance the car. So getting back to the question, that's a decision you have to make. I think hopefully I've given you some more information to guide you on what to do. Mm-hmm. I've got a voice note for you, Nico. Let's hear what our voice note says. Oh. 
Okay, I don't seem to get any sound from my voice note. I don't know what's happening. Good, I was worried as well. <laughs> I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not so sure what's happening there. But try it again. Yeah, we're, otherwise, I'm, I'm just trying. Good to... morning, SAFM. I just changed my um, shock absorbers, all of them, and uh, wheel bearings and brake pads. Before I did that, my car was not vibrating. And as soon as I had new, um, change all those, the car is vibrating badly. So I took it in because I needed to change tires. So I put new tires and did the balancing and the, and the, and the alignment. They did not pick anything up except that they said um, the, the rims are slightly bent. Um, it's still vibrating but not as bad as it was before the, the, the alignment and the, and the tire change. Could the, a bent rim cause the vibration or is it anything else? Thank you. Wise men from Johannesburg. Okay, that's for you, Nico. Yeah, um, so if I, uh, if I heard it um, correctly, so the um, Wiseman said that uh, the shock absorbers he replaced in the car mm -hmm. and then there was a vibration, is that right? And, yeah. Um, he went to change the tires, um, and when they did the alignment, they said the, 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 the mag, that one of the mags or some of the mags are bent. Definitely that can cause a vibration. Even if the shocks are worn, I've seen it that in certain cars, if you drive for a long time, it actually will flat spot the tires. Um, I've, I've had experience where the, the, the tires go from the back of the car to the front of the car, and suddenly there's a vibration. So when you're putting on new tires and they're doing the, the balancing, um, it should all be fine. If the mag is bent, then there is a chance, uh, and especially if more of the mags are bent, are bent that, that is actually the, the, the issue. That could be why there's a vibration. It could also be something else. I don't know if you've hit a pothole and damaged the suspension. Um, I, you know, again, I'm just taking the chance. That could also affect the alignment. If the, but if you've done all the alignment and the wheels are pointing in the right direction um, and the tires are balanced, but they've already told you the mags are bent, that could be a possibility why you have the vibration is the, the damage on the, on the rims themselves. Mm. Uh, I've got another one here. It says, I took my 40-year-old Alpha GTV for a spin yesterday. I never drive it um, um, hot before it's warm. Uh, I, I, and, oh, I suppose it's, it's uh, what you call it, some form of advice. Look after your car and it will reward you. 40 yeah, years I, old. That's yeah. old. No, well, you know what? It sounds old um, for cars, but um, actually uh, there's a lot of those cars that are driving around and people look. Um, my neighbor's a big GTV fan and he's got a GTV that, that's, that's rebuilt um, and it's running beautifully. So um, I really am a believer that if you look at after the car and it gets its services regularly, then it should last a certain amount of time. But you have to always accept that cars, certain things will break along the way. Think, just think about a Beetle. If you drive around and you see a VW Beetle, now you don't see too many of them on the road, but you still see them. And that car was designed in 1938. Um, and they were sold up to, I think, around about 83. Um, so, yeah, and they're simple. And that's maybe the benefit of the older cars. If they're simpler, um, they're easier to run. There's not a lot of things that can go wrong, and they're easy to fix. Um, you might start back into the parts if it's not a popular car. But, yeah, that's a really firmly a believer in looking after the car 
and it'll look after you. Mm. And then I've got another question. It says, uh, I've got a 2008 Golf um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a diesel car. All of a sudden it is smoking like it's going out of fashion. And I've been told that there's a small part uh, that's supposed to clear the particles. And that small part is actually 12,000 Rand. And I don't see the need why I should be spending 12,000 Rand on such an old car. Can I just take out that part and be okay with it? <laughs> I don't know what the part is. So, so the black smoke is soot. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> Diesel cars have something called a... Let me just take a sip of water. Just give me a second. No, that's fine. Diesel cars have something called a diesel, particul- uh, 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 diesel particulate filter, mm-hmm. which filters out the soot. Um, now, what happens is if you don't drive the car, if you have a diesel car, it needs to also do long distance and a warm up so that you can um, you can break let's say break up those particles. So if it just does to the shops and back and to the shops and back to the shops and back, it could be that that clogs up. And if eventually that clogs up, you eventually get a, a a big cloud of smoke. You look like James Bond. There's a big cloud behind you, and all the cars disappear. Um, so that that's normally the the black smoke. It's possibly the the diesel particulate filter. So um, it's there to filter out the suit, and if you take it out. It's not going to filter out the suit. So I'm also not 100% sure what effect it'll have on the rest of the electronics. So nowadays in cars, um, everything is wired together. So it's not just that something that sits in the exhaust. It can also probably talk to the computer of the car and how the car's fuel. So there's communication there. And if you take it out, it might actually influence how the car works. Now, because I'm not really an expert when it comes to um, the, the technical things in cars, um, Maybe just uh, go to a Volkswagen dealership um, and you can just ask them. You can just get their, a, a comment on them. Ask them what will happen if you do that because it might have an effect on how the car actually performs if you just take it out. But I don't know. So my, my advice is get expert advice in this regard. Mm. Then I've got another question here. It says, um, look, uh, my father always gives me a problem when it comes to starting my car because in the olden days, they always used to start the car, let it idle for a while before you start it. And um, I've tried to explain to him that things have changed now. You can just start and go. I mean, should I really idle my car first for like 20, you know, not even 20 minutes, like five minutes before I take off? Oh, not at all. Um so um, if you go back, older cars even had a choke. So when it was idling, you had something to, to make the fuel mixture richer. So for, for cars, it is definitely not advisable to idle. The best is to get in the car, climb and start and drive it, even on a cold day, even if you live in Sutherland and it's snowing outside. Get in the car and just drive it. Because what happens is if the car is idling, that's the most amount of wear and tear on the car. And to idle, the, the mixture of the car is normally a bit richer, so there's a bit more fuel than is needed. And a lot of the time, that slips past the cylinders um, because it's a little bit richer than needed. And the more fuel you're getting into the oil, the quicker the oil will lose its ability to lubricate the engine. So definitely, definitely, get in the car and just drive it. But don't drive it hard. So watch the temperature because you'll know your car. Most cars still have a, a temperature gauge. And drive it and watch when the temperature gauge is where you normally have it then it doesn't really matter how you drive it. If you can drive it hard and change it to the red line, everything is warm and the car is actually going to have the least amount of wear and tear. So the most amount of wear and tear is the car's warning when you're pulling away and you're moving the car. So don't drive it hard, but yeah, don't idle it when it's cold. Mm. 
Mm. Um, and then there's another one that says, um, in terms of uh, putting water and coolant, what is the best? Should I only put coolant in my car or can I just put water? Okay, so actually, um, so the problem with water is water rusts. Um, so that's one problem. So water will create rust in the engine. Plus, um, water has, uh, will quickly boil and water will quickly freeze. So if you just put water in there in a very cold day, um, the water will freeze. Um, the, the, the opposite will happen is the, the boiling point is quite low. So the, if the engine gets a little bit hot, the water will easily boil. So that's why we add um, uh, something called glycol, which is um, antifreeze. And what antifreeze does, it actually then lowers the freezing point. In other words, the, car, the water won't freeze that quickly. So when you get to zero degrees or minus five, the water in the car will still not freeze. Also, the boiling point goes higher. So as the car gets hotter, the water is less likely to boil. So the, the antifreeze in the car, that's what it's there. And plus, it also will help stop the rust in the engine. But there's actually a ratio of antifreeze or glycol water. So there's a glycol water ratio. It's not just water and it's not just um, antifreeze. There's a certain ratio. I don't know what it is for your car. That should be easy to, to, to find out. Look at your owner's manual where the, the car service just asks them for that ratio. But they normally, when they, when they do that in the car, there's a certain ratio. But actually, you, you get quite expensive um, um, antifreeze, which is probably then advisable from the manufacturer. You can get cheaper ones um, and you get more expensive ones. Uh, and you would say, well, why do I, want to, do I want the more expensive one? But the same thing goes back to, in my opinion, having the car um, last longer is when you're putting the things that are required by the manufacturer in there. Um, but as a, like a more expensive antifreeze. Yep, there's the answer. Well, Nico, thank you so much for chatting to us this morning. It's always uh, interesting to find out about vehicles. I mean, look, this is our mode of transport that we use on a daily basis. And knowing more, there's nothing wrong with knowing more. Thank you so much uh, for this morning. Have a great Saturday. Thank you, you too. But for now, motoring with Nico Smith, that's our petrol head every Saturday um, at half, uh, half, past, um, half past eight up to nine o'clock. So if you have any questions whatsoever that are vehicle or motor uh, uh, related or car related, always use our WhatsApp number. You can use our voice note. You can use a voice note. Oh, six, one, four. Uh, 104-107. It's nine o'clock, time for news with Normalizo Mandela. When we get back, don't forget uh, Jet Set Breakfast, food, how to make your dairy and fresh foods last longer with the ongoing power cuts.